This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here I am with my co-host, who has been delving back into the archives, through the mists of time, and has uncovered great prophecies. Actually, I was looking for something that was in the news that wasn't about Gen AI, and had to go back until 2020 to find something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it would be even funnier if it wasn't so true. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be a bit of a fun episode, I hope. But uh, along the perusal of the internet, I found an article on a website, Giratech, never heard of it before, about 10 mind-blowing new technologies that will change the world, uh, which isn't all that important and interesting at all, except that this article is actually from 2020. Mm-hmm. So we're now 2024. We didn't do a prediction show this year, so let's do a look back show on somebody else's predictions and see how badly they did. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. And this is, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of hilarious. It's, it, it honestly really is. But uh, let's, let's walk through this. Let's through, walk through this uh, journey back in time. Well, I do have bad news. Because mm-hmm. I've tried very hard to avoid <laughs> anything Gen AI related. But yet, number one, artificial intelligence, even in 2020, that was apparently the thing that's going to change the world. And I guess it kind of has. Yeah. I mean, not in any good way, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But you can hardly say that things haven't changed in the last three years when you talk about artificial intelligence. At least everybody now, even at the grocery store, is talking about Gen Gen AI, ChatGPT, DALI, whatever. Yeah. Mid-journey. Yeah. It is everywhere and has absolutely... uh, Although, you know, this was was when this was written... um, Obviously, you know, they're just talking technologies that will change the world, but they were probably expecting things to happen a lot sooner. And I think it has taken until really, you know, this past year or so mm-hmm. that things have really kind of leapt on um, a major sort of number of generations. And we're in a very, very different space to where we were in uh, 2020. But I would say 2021, 2022 actually not as much did change and it was really 2023 that things took that leap forward yeah it's actually true because the whole um, transition model paper that was got released uh, which is the basis of all the LMs today got released mm. in 2017 so that was three years before this one yeah. so I mean, it was a su- you could assume that whenever we were writing this they were thinking yeah that thing's gonna take really take off in the next year or so yeah but uh, yeah. yeah yeah it took some uh, commercial uh, influence to make it the thing that everybody talks about now but let's not talk about AI anymore right yeah what let's was number two on. driverless vehicles funnily enough very topical because we just read an article that tesla's being forced to recall all the u.s beside the u.s cars because something's wrong in autopilot yeah <laughs> um there's still very i mean there are a handful of, of trials here and there, um, various kind of driverless taxis and driverless sort of uh, driverless vehicles in, in small trials. But mass sort of mass driverless vehicles is still 
very much not a thing. And Jan has just highlighted a section <laughs> in the uh, uh, in the article which basically talks about the fact that uh, some of these programs were expected to launch in the middle of 2021. And not just driverless vehicles, this was actually the flying ve flying vehicles where mm -hmm. uh, co collaboration with NASA for an air traffic control system expect to launch middle of 2021. Yeah. I guess I slept in that day. <laughs> yeah, maybe it launched in 2021 and then it landed in 2021 as well. And that was it. Actually, All to be done. honest, driverless vehicles are, are kind of going backwards these days. How so? Well, not physically driving backwards. I'm pretty sure they can do that too. But no, I mean, there was so much hope and innovation and things being launched that have been kind of pulled back. I know the, the autopilot thing from Tesla has actually had stuff disabled because uh, it didn't work well enough, obviously. Yeah. But we're actually going backwards at the moment driverless vehicles. So in a little bit of time, give it another year or so, and my car will again be the best of the best, <laughs> even though it's over 10 years old now. <laughs> I, uh, I think, I think there were a lot of um, promises made that could not possibly be met by the technology of the time, and uh, and that has led us to where we are. I do think that this will eventually, this will absolutely happen, but it will take, it will take some again some significant kind of jump forward from where we are today similar to what we've seen in the ai space it will not be a i don't well i don't believe at least it will be just a a slow incremental evolution i think there needs to be some fundamentally yeah, yeah. sizable shifts made in this space but it it will happen I, I i can guarantee it will happen because i think this is the way that that society is evolving. Like if you look at um, the sort of drive towards uh, electric vehicles, the um, the fact that vehicles themselves are getting, frankly, far more dull and uninteresting, mm -hmm. and and also you know younger generations' interest in vehicles is also like. Um, not the same uh, for a lot of people. Sure. The younger generation see them far more as commodities and just a thing that gets them from A to B and would rather take another mode of transport that mean, yeah. meant they didn't have to um, own a car if, if it was open and available to them. And I think, you know, the, the I, I think we're still quite a way away from the, the world where you know, you you step outside your uh, your your house, and a, a white uh, anonymous-looking pod floats up to the the side of your your house, and uh, you step in, and you know you're listening to your music and playing on a laptop and fiddling with your phone, and then you just pop out the other the location that you were hoping to be at. Um, that's still a little while away, but I I do think that that is where the majority of this individual transport is is heading. Um, yeah, I think urbanization one way does make the, the younger people not feel cars are as important in their lives, but there's still a lot more area that's not urbanized than there is. So and I'm, I'm agreeing with you that we need a fundamental shift somewhere to make something mm. like this happen. Having uh, the Trantor model where the whole world is one city would solve that problem. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I would actually be curious to, I, would, I wouldn't dare to predict uh, where it's going to go, but I do think that it will only be possible to have driverless uh, vehicles if the number of vehicles goes down. Because at the, and you could replace mm. a big long traffic jam by a train. I mean, just connect all the cars together and you have a train, right? I mean, this, mm. that no public transport at the moment, especially in the part where I'm living, is horrendous. I mean, if I were to commute mm. to the to the office now, it takes me like an hour, an hour and a half to get there by car. It would actually take me. I, I check on Google maps it takes me two and a half hours one hour more if i were to use public transport and i would still have to walk 30 minutes yeah i i think if i so if i attempted to so for me door-to-door traveling to london takes around about four hours and that is mostly using public transport, but not entirely. If I were to try and do it entirely using public transport, I think that would go to at least five hours, if not if not a bit further. Well, I do think that the number of vehicles will re- be reduced because we've, we've had a good test drive, not pun intended, with uh, the pandemic of uh, working from home. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, lot that's is going to come back again in force. We're kind of having a little bit of a resurgence of going back to the office again because we paid for that big building and we need to make sure we use it. But <laughs> it has been proven that working from home actually works quite well. So the need for travel will re- be reduced as international collaborations increases. That will become normal. So yeah, but yeah, as you said. We need a real something. The, the things we're using today with the lidar and the radar and things like that, that ain't ever gonna cut it. Mm. Yep, school gimmick. Well, what's <laughs> up next? Oh, here we go. Well, it's true. So, uh, it, all it, hackers, it all bad people are using cryptocurrency these days. Well, and also, like it did definitely. Um, uh, uh, become a mind-blowing technology that changed the world and then it crashed and while it is it does still exist out there oh for we haven't actually said for, for those that are, aren't watching us on youtube the third one the third mind-blowing technology that will change the world is cryptocurrency um so yeah it it, it did have its heyday i guess 2021 slash first half of 2022 but okay so from the point of view of this article that was a good prediction i guess it it was a good prediction but what it didn't i mean it doesn't say that uh, it will ch- change the world for the better it also doesn't say that it will change the world and continue to be massively successful i guess mm. um but for but, me to be honest a cryptocurrency is it's just a a stock market tool now because yes, in South America, you can now pay with Bitcoin and people are very happy about that over there. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Well, don't trust me, go look yourself. Uh, but I mean, nobody's really looking at cryptocurrency anymore for anything other than a investment thing and investing in a worse kind of way because it's a pyramid scheme, to be honest. Let's move yeah. on because it, it has blockchain in there. I don't want to talk about blockchain. Ah, I love this one. Quantum computing. We all have a quantum computing on our watch by now, right? Uh, yeah, I've got several. Yeah, I just have a watch. So many, so many quantum computers. Um, yeah, no. I mean, quantum computing, just like old fusion. That's uh, it's always ten years away, right? 
Apparently. I mean, you you are the resident Roaring Elephant expert in quantum computing. So it's been pretty I, much standstill. Uh, uh, I mean, they've, they've got a lot of more uh, emulators happening. There's a lot more logic thinking happening on when that thing exists, how we'll be able to use it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But at the moment, it's still not going anywhere and looking... I would have kind of hoped that things like uh, ChatGPT and stuff like that, LLMs, would, would only be possible if you had something like quantum computing so that AI would kind of push quantum computing. But <laughs> no, as you can see today, with what, with just using graphics cards, but then the very, very big, big, big graphic cards, uh, forget the name. Uh, Grace Hopper from NVIDIA is now the biggest one you can have. Mm -hmm. And yes, I know you, what you like aren't better. Doesn't matter. It's still basic, normal architectures. And it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. So I think they were really out of the ballpark with that one. Unfortunately so. Unfortunately so. I bow to... Unfortunately. Well, I, I th it's always unfortunate when when kind of things don't move quite as quickly as perhaps yeah, we but hoped. But when this thing actually happens, uh, all crypto encryption goes away. <laughs> uh, you know, that's fun. That's fun too. <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right. Regenerative medicine. I actually don't even know what they're talking about there. But apparently, the idea is that they have organs grow themselves again grown or printed yeah okay I, printed body part i think they do that now don't they there is there Prosthetics. is some of that yeah there is some of that happening um and in fact there are even open source projects um for um 3d printing replacement limbs and things like that um obviously not as uh not as strong or not as load bearing or that sort of thing but like 3d there's a a an open source project uh, that's all about um, replacement fingers, and you can design a replacement, design and three D print a replacement finger if you have lost yours during an accident. Yeah, but this actually talks about organ replacements. And I know. Three D printing know. a liver or a, a kidney; those are very sophisticated filtering things. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Uh, and apparently, here this would be mainstream and widely used. Uh, yeah. I, I think Corona kind of stopped that. I think, yeah, Corona's a problem here. All left went to Corona vaccines, so they didn't have time yeah. to make this happen. That's what happened. Yeah, I agree. I think um, this uh, this is, at least to me, this feels like something that's a very, very long time away, a long way away. And that's a good thing, I think. But anyway, although in the, no, no, let's, let's not go politics. However, the next one, number six, 3D printers, I think uh, absolutely um, has uh, has has kind of made a, a very significant impact um, throughout the last the last three four years. Do you think the first sentence is a pun? Because it says here, three D print something new, correct? But the potential for users is blowing up. Well, it is being used more and more to make guns and stuff like that. So <laughs> I don't think so. I think they are just trying to. Uh, don't you feel that three D printers are kind of stabilizing now? They're, yes, no. sure, it's more accessible. People use it, but I personally, I'm not a three D hobbyist. I haven't actually seen one, a real one, ever. And I okay. do kind of walk around the technology areas. It's just something that, for me, still, I'm on the outside. It looks like a cool hobby, and hey, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's it's fun stuff but the idea of just not having to 
create stuff in China anymore because we have 3D printers here and just made when you need something, you print it and you have it. Mm -hmm. I don't see that happening at all. Not even the beginnings of that. So I I do. I definitely do. And again, maybe it's maybe it's the the space that I'm in or the, the people that I'm I'm spending time with or whatever. But I I think from what I've seen, at least, I believe this is happening for a couple of reasons. One is that I think it was really just this year, back, um, back in, or last year, I guess, back in uh, 2023, when um, you could actually just pick up a 3D printer and just start using it. And the... 3D printing itself didn't need to become, or fiddling with your 3D printer didn't need to be a whole new hobby of its own. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I say that from personal experience because 2023 was the first year that I actually got involved in 3D printing, bought a 3D printer. And for me, that was, that was the thing for it. I... I was finally comfortable with the generation of, of 3D printers. And, you know, you can, you can look at things like the uh, Bamboo Labs stuff or the, the Prusa Mark IV. Um, yeah. Like both of those were, in my, in my mind at least, they were the start of the generation of 3D printers that you could actually just print what it was that you wanted without having to spend, like as much time fiddling around with the printers themselves. Uh, let me give an example. Mm -hmm. I've got a vacuum cleaner. Vacuum cleaner mm -hmm. has little wheels at the back. One mm -hmm. of those wheels breaks. Mm -hmm. For me, 3D printing five years ago would be the promise that, okay, it breaks. I don't have to start searching if there's still a spare part available or maybe buy an entire new one. Oh, I could just go to a 3D printer, print a new wheel, pop it on, pops your uncle. Mm -hmm. um, it would take me months to get that wheel done with the X amount of tests, getting the right uh, material that's strong enough to make it work because a, a vacuum cleaner wheel actually takes a lot of stress. I, I, I don't see it. Uh, so I, again, I, I disagree okay. here. I think it's, it's very, very doable. It does depend on... So uh, examples of things that I have designed and 3D printed in very, very short time. So I needed to install some um, security sensors in uh, motion sensors into a, a building. Um, the motion sensors designed to screw into ordinary walls uh, wouldn't work for me because I need to fix them to steel girders. And so I designed in probably maybe an hour or so okay. um, a bracket that would clip and would have enough gripping force on the steel girder and had little holes that matched up with the holes on the back of the motion sensor. So had a, had a need for something, designed it, 3D printed a bunch of them okay. and, you know, and it works. And I think, again, sort of things like um, the materials that you can now relatively easily print with these kind of this this current generation of 3d printers are tough enough to use for even sort of heavy duty stuff like that now they're not as easy as you know pla or even pet g mm -hmm. but like 
the heavily reinforced uh, stuff is actually doable now. So I think I think this is here, but I'm also aware that that's me, that's in the space that I'm in. There's still a barrier of entry, right? Yeah, you need you need to, but even the barrier for entry it is significantly low. Even designing things now, um, you know, I use a very, very simple um, kind of uh, program called Tinkercad. Uh, it is it is kind of um, the idiot's version of uh, of the various the various tooling that people can use to create. 3D um, objects, um, but you know, with a bit of creative usage, you can do some very, very powerful and complex things, and it's super easy to use. And again, it, the barrier to entry used to be, oh great, you can get a 3D printer, but then everything else about 3D printing is hard, like mm -hmm. um, the just the the experience you know everything needs calibrating all the time lots of fiddling needed lots of temperature twiddling yeah, needed when i bumped off because i got interested because yeah. i saw a chocolate printer and i thought <laughs> oh baking chocolate that's fun but then i read through it and the uh, blockages nozzles materials it was just yeah yeah whereas i th I, I genuinely think that today's generation of 3d printers have got to the point where they they are um yeah, they are at that point now. That being said, the barrier, the remaining barrier to entry is that if you go for these uh, ones that are of this current generation, you know they're expensive, and you know you can you can spend a lot less. You can lower that barrier to entry, but then you're back into well, three D printing then becomes a hobby all of its own. Yeah. And if and some people are enjoy that and that's great, but that was not why I got into it. I got into it purely because I had needs to create customized things that I could not easily purchase myself. But see, that's where, uh, where for me the disconnect exists because I was expecting ten years ago when the three D craze kind of started that at some point around now I could go to a shop that doesn't sell parts. This has like 10 3D printers there, and I on the internet I could say I need a, a thingamabob like this and have a, a simple design program like the Tinker thing you talk about. Mm -hmm. Send it to them and then go outside, go to the shop, get my thingy, and come back home so that I don't have to invest in it. And that would actually I mean, those are just the services though. They do. Oh. I'm not in this part yeah. of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, have these uh, labs that you can uh, rent one of those machines to do it yourself. No, no, no. Make a lab, no. but uh, no, I've never the, seen a they, shop. <laughs> I mean, not again, not physical uh, physical shop. I've never seen a physical shop that does that. Okay, but, but online stuff, you can send the designs yeah. and they will print it for you. Yeah. Okay, cool enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, and you can but choose. Still, then it's and a lot three of them. Before you have it. Yeah, but yeah. but you know. It, the, the advantage is that you don't need to you don't need to own the 3D printer, and obviously if they make a number of mistakes creating those things, then uh, then that's on them. So yeah, I mean a lot of them will do a combination of um, they will laser cut, they will 3D print in a variety of different materials, and um, some of them even will um, you can send the designs and they will manufacture um, out of uh, you know uh, CNC machine stuff as well so it's definitely out there it's a thing time's fleeting let's move on and get the last three in as well because our internet of things 
yeah, it's still there. It's going to be there forever, forever, and it will always have the problems it has, I guess. But hasn't really fundamentally changed things. I don't. Think. Uh, well, the home and other things has changed. I think since twenty twenty, a lot more people have uh, video doorbells. There's things hacking happens now. Uh, Amazon mm -hmm. can kind of block your services now because you haven't paid a bill somewhere. So it does start integrating into the lives a bit more for good and for bad. But apart from that, nothing really major. Number eight is robot assistants. Uh, they're on the rise apparently in 2020. Well, they didn't leap too high because I don't have my no. personal robots yet. I do have a couple of IBOs here, but I wouldn't really call them assistants. They're more the people that I'm the things that I'm the assistants to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've seen a, f a, f a few like niche areas, but this really hasn't hasn't taken off particularly strongly, I don't think. No, and I don't think Tesla Gen 2 is going to change a lot of that anytime nope. soon. So nine, cloud. Why is this so far down the list in 2020? I do not know. I do not know. But cloud, cloud to me feels like the thing maybe maybe only second to, to, to kind of AI. And I think the only reason I think second to, gen, to AI is because AI made such a big leap in 2023 that it was really noticeable. I do think cloud has made a mass, a, a lot of steps forward, but it's been a, the evolution of cloud over the last four years has been like a steady, a steady increase of like thousands of, of incremental steps. Yeah, for me though, since 2020, I do a lot less with cloud than I used to do. Mm. I've, I've actually gone back to the, uh, I want control, I want to do it myself. That's why this little MP4 that you're listening to at the moment is actually being served from a server in the next room here and not from any kind of cloud solution. Because well, unless it's, unless it's cached, which happens with uh, we're not using a CDN, so this uh, nope. They always come here. Uh, no, the the mate, like Apple Podcasts do all their local caching. They anyway, cache anymore. moving me. on, moving on, because we need to wrap this up. Uh, we are wrapped up because number one, number ten is Li-Fi, and I think yes, Li-Fi is as dead as it ever has been. DOA <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did not produce anything. Did not dead on arrival. Yeah. Exactly. And with that, with that, I'm going to take it away. It's my time to say it's all the time you have for today. You can support this podcast. You can become a patron. Contributions will help us do serious stuff and sometimes fun stuff like this. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can like, subscribe, notification bells, YouTube stuffs, and things like that. And you can actually see what we're talking about and we don't have to mention, read the screen anymore. You can go to www.roaringout.org. There's links to the page and page, the YouTube page on the information about the podcast. And you can send your feedback by email to podcast at roaringout.org. Until next time, my name is not 3D printed. You'll my name is not listening to this through Li-Fi Dave. I would look forward to talking to you again next week. Goodbye. See you then.